the Special Sauce Podcast. You like the sauce? The sauce is good, huh? This is starting off its finances. Train them, trust them, and let them lead. With your host, Marcus Arias. Welcome back, folks. You're on the sauce with Marcus Aurelius. We've got a special guest here. You probably know him. He's been on our podcast a couple of times. Dave Bannister of the Market Analysts, plural.com. Dave, welcome on the show. Great to be here, guys. A good time to talk about the markets for sure. Oh, that it is, my friend. Nothing going on, right? Just a boring no, time. It's all quiet. It's yeah. all quiet. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Go to, go to sleep on your IRA. It'll be fine. You know, oh, yeah, this is easy stuff here. This is easy yeah, to navigate. That's it. I could name, what, six letters now? How many How many stock <laughs> newsletters? Everybody turns to you for advice in so many different places. Uh, uh, so tell me, what, what newsletters now? How do they find you, Dave? It's the marketanalyst.com. If you go there, you'll see all the options. But we range from swing trading stocks, 3X ETFs, futures trading, forecasting, a little bit of uh, variety for different traders. Some of them are in, are in three or four of my services. So they have you know volatility covered no matter what's happening in the market. And some are just in one or two. So it's a lot of fun, but it's been a, a rough uh, several weeks for sure. It has, and I'm glad you could come on. Uh, thanks again. For those unfamiliar, Dave was on our first, very first podcast. Uh, he and I were business partners back in the day in Newport, Rhode Island. And uh, I can tell you right now, as far as spotting market trends and trading, Dave has always had a knack. He knows how to pretty much time. He's he's what you would call a swing trader, which is a lot different than a day trader. Uh, tell us a little bit about swing trading. What What's the difference between day trading and swing trading, Dave? Swing trading, you're really looking for a certain objective, a, a breakout of a consolidation, maybe in a stock or it could be an ETF, like a sector like biotech, for example. And you're looking for a certain move, maybe 5, 8, 10, 12% kind of move in your favor. But you're not always exactly sure of the timing. It could happen in a day or two, or it might happen in three or four weeks. So when you're a swing trader, you're pretty disciplined. You have an objective. When you go into whatever that position is, you're looking for a certain target price. And as you move towards the target, assuming your trade's going in your favor, what I do is we sell half when we're up 8%, no matter what. No questions asked. We take half off the table as soon as we're up 8% or so. And then we change the stop loss or protective stop, and we try to ride it a little bit higher if possible. So my average swing trade is probably five to seven days, but sometimes literally we get in one day and the next day it's up 10%. Sometimes it takes four weeks. Uh, if if there's a loss, we'll take the loss. You know, we have a, a certain point where we're going to step out of the trade if it's not going our direction. Yeah. Whereas day trading is just like it sounds, you know, you're in and you're out, you're in and you're out, you're in and you're out during the day. It's very mentally uh, challenging, I think, to do that. Yeah. And uh, finding consistency being a day trader is probably the hardest thing. I mean, we we over the years, how many people have we met that have crashed and burned with their family fortunes just trying to trade it? I mean, it's a it's a countless list. Uh, what makes you different? Now, why do you think that you've been able to trade with consistency over the last 15, 20 years? Kind of use a combination of things. So you have these traders that just look at charts and that's all they do. And honestly, a lot of these people have way too many indicators, so many indicators in their charts. I don't even think they know which way the chart's going because there's too many indicators, right? So they get lost in the noise. So I, I remove most of those indicators in terms of the chart side of things or what they call technical analysis. 
But I also add in what you're familiar with Elliott wave theory. I add in what I would call behavioral patterns. So markets tend to repeat the same type of general behavioral pattern in all cycles, whether it's bull or bear cycle, it's the patterns repeat themselves. So I try to identify the timing of that type of pattern. And then I combine it with the fundamentals of the company. So looking for a company with strong fundamentals, you know, reasonable valuation, hopefully some catalyst coming up. And then I look at the chart to see what the behavioral pattern looks like. Is it a good time to jump in? Is it too early to get in? That type of thing. And we're, we're looking for a move in our favor. That's all. So we're here with our sauce boss of the week, Dave Bannister. Uh, Dave, tell me one thing. Uh, are good traders born or are they made? I think you can learn. You know, I mean, in my case, I have to say before 2001, I did a lot of trading. You remember the mid, late 90s, how mm -hmm. the boom times? And honestly, you could probably just, you know, uh, throw a dart and make money in that window. Remember, 95 to 99? CMGI, baby. They were going to name yeah. the Patriot Stadium yeah. after some fly-by-night right. internet company. I'll never forget that. We had that <laughs> small-cap tech boom, and then the dot-com boom, and then the crash, et cetera. So after that crash, following that dot-com boom, I started studying Elliott Wave Theory because I kept bumping into it. I kept reading about it. And I, I said, you know, i I got to find out what this is. So one thing I did do was I trained myself about Elliott Wave Theory, and then I started incorporating that into my trading along with the fundamentals. And I happen to have a fairly good knack for it. I think it's a difficult science, but for some reason it registers in my brain, not for everyone else, but I incorporate it every day in what I do. So I learned that, you know, to answer your question, a trader can definitely learn and become a good trader. Uh, there's very few that are born traders. There's not that many. Isn't there like a psychology behind the whole thing, though? How much of it do you think is having the right mindset versus knowing the technical skills? 100%, 100% correct. Because for years, it took me to train my brain to try to keep the emotions in check. It's very difficult, right? Even for a pro, but that's actually correct. You just nailed it on the head. Uh, so many traders will set stop losses that are too tight or you know, they've taken an 8% loss only to watch the stock go up 12% the next day or the next week. So, you know, you have to learn to deal with volatility and have a game plan when you're going into a trade. Like before you go into the trade, you need to have a plan. So that's our ingredient of the week, folks, right there. Uh, straight from uh, the expert, Dave Bannister, on trading. You know, you got to have a plan and that's where swing trading helps people, right? So keeps you out of trouble. Whereas the day trader, they're always chasing, you know, they're looking at trends, but they're not really going in with a plan. You know, they're just following the trend. You know, the, the trend can wash you out to shore. You know, it's like, it's like when you're in, in on the, on the, you're in the water on the beach and, you know, you, you start getting out and you're, you're like, wow, it's really easy to paddle out. And then that, that rip current just takes you. You know, and that's yep. kind of like the market too, because a lot of times you're making a trade, you're making progress, you didn't take your profits, you weren't disciplined enough, and then you just you're like, ah, oh, let it ride, right? Let it ride. Like some of yep. the games in the casino, like the the let it ride, right? You make your money, but you never put it in your pocket. It's always on the table, right? What happens that's when right. the person who runs the table runs the trading market, right? You have no control, and that's how day traders get into trouble. So right. how do you teach your folks to set limits for themselves? And, and like, what is, what is kind of your general rule 
as far as making sure that you're on track and, and having a plan? We have position sizing. So, you know, if I send out a swing trade alert, let's say we're trading, you know, whatever company it could be Intel, but most of the stocks I do are small cap to mid cap, they're biotech, they're tech, you know, there's something catalyst or something going on. Uh, there's news flow, et cetera, right? That's what we're kind of looking for that. So we do the research, we find the security that we're interested in, we look for the pattern, the pattern looks good. And then we do position sizing, it's very important. So typically 10%. So if someone's got a $100,000 trading account, let's just say, or 50,000 or whatever it is, most of my trades are 10% max. And that's on purpose because we wanna control our risk and define what our risk is going in. We know what our profit target is going in. That doesn't mean we're going to hit it, but at least we have some idea of where I think that trade is going to go. And as it moves in our favor, again, we're going to sell half when we're up 8%. Now we're down to a 5% position, right? Mm -hmm. So where a lot of traders make the mistake is they overweight a position. They go all in, as they say, like poker, right? So they, they're in with 40, 50% of their account on a stock that they're confident in. And then as that stock is going against them, they're not taking the loss. You know, all of a sudden they're down 30%. Now you're basically blowing your account up and then to try to make back your gains, you start doing stupid things, right? Really you buy more of the same stock. So what you have to do as a trader is put your ego aside. And you have to say, you know what? I was wrong. This pattern's not working out. I'm taking my loss. I'm moving on. So many traders do not have the ability to take the loss and just admit it. You're wrong. It's fine. It's part of trading. Take it and move along. You know, as we, as we talk right now, I, I love all this advice because I should be taking it. I think uh, <laughs> in this down market, I, I smelled opportunity. You know, when there's fear, there's opportunity. So yeah. I, I moved a lot into uh, uh, triple uh, triple ETFs on gold. So I'm yeah. very bullish on gold, you know, with our currency. You know, they're giving out money like candy with stimulus and we're more talk of stimulus. So we're trillions in debt, um, you know, with the devaluing of the currency. I see gold as a trend. Uh, but I went a little bit too aggressive, like we were talking, and I kind of got washed out with the bathwater uh, in this last uh, uh, down. Even even though it's a good position to hold, it's a hedge. It's, yep. it's washed out like everything else. But I have the confidence. I know the way the market is. I'll get rewarded for my patience because I know that my position trend overall is 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 good. So I mean, like. Don't take my advice on this. That's why we have Dave here. <laughs> so, but I'm a little more aggressive than the average folks. Uh, but yeah. I'm more of what you would call a speculator type, right? So I like to speculate on a position, right? Yep. So, so you have some like, of that's just the fun, you know? Yeah, some the of that gambler. Is the the so there's a lot of types. People talk about trading types, right? So, like the speculator, the gambler, right? And then you've got people yep. who are just, you know, they, they just, every now and then they do it for fun. Like they have a notion and they go with it. So like, what is like your target audience? Like what kind of folks do you tend to get more of? Like what, 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 what demographic, where are they from? What do they generally do? Uh, and, and how does it benefit them? Definitely have a lot of business owners and self-employed people. These are self-made people to an extent, you know, and they have some capital that they want to do something with but they're smart enough to know they can't do it by themselves. You know, they're, they're an expert in a certain field. I'm an expert in my field, right? So they pay me to help them not make a lot of mistakes, essentially, really, just to keep them on track, keep them disciplined, and give them fresh source of ideas as they come up. The other thing I do 
that people seem to like is I look at the market from a top down first. So if I think the market is in an Elliott wave pattern that is bearish for a temporary window of time, it could be a couple of weeks, it could be a week, it could be two months, whatever. We'll back off the gas. You know, we'll have a much higher cash position during that window, maybe 60, 70 percent in cash, maybe 80 percent in cash. And I'll be very patient before I put out the next trade. So most of my subscribers range literally everywhere from the brand new novice who just got in and made a bunch of mistakes. They may have joined some other services that weren't so great. They lost money again, and now they're frustrated and they come to me to try to get them on track. It ranges all the way up to big time money managers in New York City that I've literally met in person that subscribed to my services. And, you know, that's a whole nother uh, area of expertise that they have, but maybe they're subscribing for my ideas or maybe they're subscribing for my market forecasts. Because if you if you know roughly where you are in the market pattern, you can decide whether to be more or less aggressive, right? So that's the question everyone's got right now as we head into the election. You know, where are we at with the market? What's going to happen next? You got me with the segue, uh, by the way. You, you, you beat me to the punch here. So what do you think about this election? What kind of effect is it going to have on a stock market? This would be my guess, okay? Uh, if Trump somehow wins, and he I don't think he's favored right now, but let's say he pulls the rabbit out of the hat and he wins. I mean, I'm guessing, and I, others would probably agree, that there's going to be some unrest uh, civilly, right? Because people right now, I think, are expecting Biden to win. If you watch the media, that's kind of the general thought, right? Um, so I think there would be some unrest, and uh, that could cause some short-term disruption in the market. But the market should look at it bullishly eventually because lower taxes, et cetera, right? Uh, better for corporations. Uh, we don't want to close everything down. So I would think it would be generally bullish after some initial uh, volatility. Uh, whereas Biden, you know, we could argue that part of the sell-off in October is because the market is actually betting on a Biden victory and higher taxes, higher capital gains taxes, you know, that type of thing. And maybe that's part of what we've seen in the sell-off. So here's the question. Is all of that uncertainty now priced in and the only thing left for the market to do is actually start going back up again? That's the question. Yeah, that's so we're, that remains to be seen. Uh, so there was a jobs number that came out that was pretty, uh, uh, the, it was pretty robust. The economic numbers were robust. So third quarter, I guess we were up 33% in economic activity. So, yep. uh, you know, so we're seeing a little bit of uh, a return to normalcy. But this second wave of the COVID, though, might put a hamper on that. And that's state Absolutely. by state, though. So that's the hard part is, you, you know, if you really wanted to be the economist in this, you got to parse out where the growth is and where it's not, right? So like, that's right. yeah, that's so right. we're, we're seeing a real strange recovery because normally it's across the board, but now it's just pockets. Do you think, now this is, this is going to be more a geopolitical thing. Do you think that we're going to, as a country, fracture because of this uh, election and because of, like economically, we're already probably seeing signs of a fracture. Like there's some city states, there's some states that need bailout money yesterday, you know? Yep. So um, do you think that that's going to have a huge effect on our, you know, you know me, I'm from the bond market. So like on the muni side, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, you know what, some of these are probably going to default and that's going to have a ripple effect. Do you think that's going to happen? 
Yeah, I think you have to have some concerns. I don't think you can stick your head in the sand and pretend there aren't going to be some economic disruptions, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if this second wave coming in here starts causing some shutdowns and rollbacks, et cetera, uh, absolutely the market is not going to like that. And But you also kind of hit on it earlier. As an analyst or an investor or a trader, you know, especially in my shoes, it's my job to find the winners. So I can't sit around worrying about which industries are not going to do well, because what I want to do is look for who is going to do well, right? But I think what we've seen in the last several months is a massive rally in certain technology names. And so that's the question. Has that already kind of been priced in this whole COVID you know, situation like Zoom video, for example, right? Yeah. DocuSign, uh, you know, Facebook, all these companies that are benefiting from the corona. Has the market kind of fully priced that in and, and are these overvalued now? So I would say it's going to be a little more difficult now uh, the next several months uh, ferreting out the winners from the losers. I think it's going to get a little more dicey for sure. So uh, you mentioned like stocks and sectors. What are some of your victories? Like uh, what are some of the, your subscribers, what are some of the stocks that they've had victories with uh, recently? Like what are some of the examples? Small cap biotech, definitely. Uh, you know, there's a lot of shots on goal for some of these companies and some of these uh, small companies are really uh, extremely innovative and they have brilliant management. And so I do spend some time looking as you and I have for years, we've always mm-hmm. kind of like biotech, um, you know, you always have that big upside. So you really have to, you know, kind of know what you're doing because if you're investing your money in a phase one company that's only got one drug, that's pretty high risk. So you're looking for companies that have several shots on goal or some type of a platform, if you will. So I just give you one name or the symbol, and it's actually been correcting in October, like everyone else, is uh, TFFP. Uh, they're a great company that has a, uh, a thin film freezing technology so they can take drugs and reformulate them and allow them to be digested directly through the lungs into the body without damage to other organs and without needing as much of a drug to get the efficacy for example so as that technology has been taking hold they're starting to partner up with companies and they're starting to show more and more of their technology being used for vaccine delivery and vaccine storage for example i mean that's huge so there's this one company that we bought under six. It's been as high as 19 a few weeks ago, uh, and that only took a few months. And right now it's trading around 13. That's one that I would be interested in telling people to buy on this correction that we just had. Uh, that's just one example. Uh, as we others- talk, Joe's write it down. Joe, TFFP. <laughs> yeah, TFFP. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, a, I think, a good long-term play, uh, not just a short-term situation. They're... they're uh, biotechnology is applicable to multiple drug formulations that are already in existence. So they'll take an existing drug and they'll make it more efficacious into the body with less, you know, downside risk to the human body as well. It's pretty interesting stuff. Is that a That's word, efficacious? Idea, I'm going to look that one up. <laughs> I, I, I might have even made that up. I think you made scared. it. A efficacy, <laughs> efficacious. I, I'll buy it, though. I, you it's know, most of the... You know. Most of what you say is true. Most of what I say is speculation. So, so yeah, I, I'll go with that. Eff- efficacy. Okay. Uh, efficacious. Okay. Right. right. <laughs> um, I had some great ideas, you know, coming out of late March, I actually had a tweet out on March 23rd, the morning of pre-market. And I said, the market bottom is today. And at that time, nobody was buying it. You know, everybody was nervous. 
but the Elliott Way patterns were, were turning bullish because everything had been down so much that there was nowhere to go but up. And back then, you know, I told people to look at Zoom video and it was 90 bucks. What is it? 470, whatever the heck it is now. <laughs> yeah, that was right? a good call. I'm glad I listened to you on that one. You know, uh, Peloton way back when it was 22. Oh. I was telling people to buy it because, again, I was just trying to think outside of the box. You know, what's going to happen to the gyms? The gyms close. What are people going to do? We're going to try to figure out how to work out at home. But Peloton was more not just like a bicycle company with a video. I thought they were more like a platform, you know, once yeah, they I have the, the people, once they have the users, you can add more items, right? People you are addicted add- to it. It's uh, that and yep. the mirror, uh, you know, they, they just, it's the group you, you're giving that. I mean, the timing is perfect for COVID. You can work out in a group through in your own home and get the feeling like you're at a studio with a bunch of people, you know? Right. Uh, one that you know, Marco, that you actually told me about years ago when they were private is that company called Fiverr. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. So you pay someone to do your app for you or develop yeah. your website or whatever, right? You, you bid on a project and they, and it's pretty inexpensive. Yep. So I recommended Fiverr. I don't even remember, man. Literally, it was like $30 a share. I, I, it's 150 <laughs> I, or whatever the heck it is, right? It's funny. It's still on my list. I, I still look at yeah. it every day. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I, I bought it, I made a little money, sold it quick. Uh, right. You know. You move on, you buy other stuff, uh, which is fine. I'm not complaining, but uh, it's funny. Uh, it happens a lot. Where, uh, but it's like, lot. Sometimes yeah. I do the trim and plant where I just hang on to a small position. Yeah. You know, keep my gain in the stock and just keep moving. You know, yeah. Just keep planting. You know it's tough to pick the long-term winners. Let's be honest, right? I mean, who knows? How you know, many you companies don't know. are still in the S&P 500 that were originally there? Like five, right? right? Five yep, or four. Nothing. I think it's four now. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, you don't know. So, right? um, yeah, I mean, we don't know. Uh, but uh, but we bought with a discipline plan, you can get some of the action on a consistent basis. And that's what it is. I mean, you're, you're giving people the consistency they need. And, yes. uh, and you're giving us free advice, which I love. <laughs> so my audience loves, they tune in. I mean, it's funny. Yours is still the most downloaded. I know you're competitive like me. The most yeah. downloaded podcast we had. And we've had some great guests uh, that have big followings, but you're still the most downloaded. Uh, that's why we had you back. We're always pleased to have you here. Um, I wanted to ask you one other thing too. We usually ask uh, our guests, you know, like, like what is what is the special sauce that goes in? And I asked you last time, I'll probably get something different this time. <laughs> But what is this special sauce that makes your your newsletters and your service shine? Tend to be contrarian. You know, when the large majority of the crowd is super bullish, I have certain indicators I look at that helps me to determine that. And when I see enough of them compiling together, I'll start getting cautious. We'll be aggressive taking profits while things are largely going up. We saw this a few months ago. Everything was going up, right? I'm aggressively taking profits feeling like everything was a little bit too bullish. And so it's more of a contrarian approach. Same on the opposite, right now, look at the market in the last several weeks. It's not good, it's pretty ugly. Everyone's fairly nervous, everybody's pretty bearish. There's lots of uncertainty. You've got lack of stimulus, right? You've got the presidential election. Mercury went retrograde, people will laugh, but the planets have an effect on behavioral patterns for human beings and that's reflected in the market. So we had a lot of things all at once in October, which tends to be the worst month of the year, right? Yep. Um, 
Here's a little fact for everybody that some people don't know this. One of the reasons October tends to be volatile and often is a down month is because it's when mutual funds close out their books. It's the fiscal year end for mutual funds. There's tax-related selling and repositioning during the month with a fairly large volume, if you think about it. How many, how many trillions oh, of yeah. dollars in mutual funds, right? Yep. So it's a fiscal year end. So this year in particular, we've had all of these things in October, right? U.S. election, just everything going on, coronavirus. I mean, the market has been rough, but it's probably close to a bottom right in here. Exactly. So everyone's negative. The next thing to happen, the election will get resolved. Mercury will no longer be in retrograde. Don't laugh. Uh, you know, we've got a, we've got a full moon tonight, two full moons in October. Oh. Uh, there's a lot going on. We're going to have uh, probably a stimulus in the next 30 to 60 days, yeah. probably the first vaccine in the next 30 to 60 days. So some of this uncertainty is going to be removed and the market will feel a little better. That's what I think. Joe, my producer is very excited to hear you say Mercury's in retrograde. He just told me he wouldn't buy another phone until it was over. So according See? to him, I guess Wednesday is when Mercury's yeah. on a retrograde. So, you know, yeah. I wouldn't have known these things unless I knew the two of you. <laughs> I'm too you don't busy signing any contracts during retrograde. No contracts. You know, I'm too busy watching TV. football, drinking beer, and talking <laughs> to women. But I mean, you know, whatever you guys say is fine. So, um, so let me just ask you one other thing here. Um, uh, it's it's funny because I don't want to I don't want to have your specific prediction, but you know the Dow has been getting a lot of pressure versus the S and P. So the S and P is kind of maintained because it's earnings driven. It's more alpha driven. And the companies that make up the S&P probably will make good earnings anyway. But a lot of the Dow companies, right? Do you even look at the Dow anymore? I mean, the Dow, the Dow companies are make up a big bellwether like that big, you know, the large, large cap companies. How, do, how come they're under pressure more than the S&P is? I mean, what's going on? Why is there a divergence? So, you know, it's funny. I don't really look at the Dow and people always quote the Dow just because that's what they've done for old 50 school, years. old school, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's old school. Yeah, I actually yeah. look at the S&P 500 in my models and that's all I look at because there's 500 companies, there's more diversity. You know, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and over periods of time, the S&P will be more or less weighted in different sectors depending on the economy. So it'll be reflected. You know, there was a time when the financial stocks were, were booming. Yep. And they were 20% of the S&P at one point. Now it's the tech stocks, right? Maybe tech is a little overvalued here. I don't know. You know, we could argue that back and forth. But, you know, I look at the S&P and then I, a lot of people just look at the NASDAQ now, you know, because that's the new economy, right? Yeah, pretty much. Maybe that's the one to look at, to be honest. But uh, for all the years I've done the Elliott Wave trading and learned Elliott Wave, I learned it on the S&P 500. So I guess that's just what I'm used to, but I wouldn't have a problem with somebody looking at the NASDAQ as your barometer either. So China and India become these huge powers. And, um, you know, China with the electric, electric truck market there, what's that, that NEO, the elect, uh, the Chinese yeah. electric, I mean, it's amazing the, the growth Impressive. of these, these stocks are exploding, right? So yeah. anybody you talk to now, they want to talk to you about electric vehicles, right? So the yeah. electric vehicle market, I look at it and I'm like, it, it sounds great. I mean, I watch Tesla. I, I know the Tesla story, but um, yeah. do you feel like there's a tremendous room for growth for those com companies that most of us will probably be in electric cars fairly soon? Is it, uh, you know, what, what's Absolutely. the, what's the big driver there? What's the driver? 
So. Well, the driver there, like with Tesla, we take the Tesla example, uh, you know, whether or not you like their cars, it doesn't really matter. It's more of a platform, right? And it's not just electric car platform. Tesla is also distributing electricity, right? Yeah. Solar, et cetera. So that is actually partly why, in my opinion, the market cap is so high. It's not even the cars. It's the distributed electricity that could be worth billions and billions and billions in profits down the road, right? So, yeah, uh, there's a new company that just went public via a special purchase acquisition, SPAC. The SPACs. Yeah, the SPACs. Uh, we do a whole show on that. But uh, Fisker Automotive, I don't know if anybody's familiar with Fisker is the name of the engineer. He's designed many very high-end cars for, for mm-hmm. luxury makers. And he had an electric vehicle that was really, really nice looking several years ago. It didn't quite work out, but he's back. And he just, his company just went public on officially listed on Friday. That might be one for everyone to, to wow. kind of keep an eye on. What's because, the symbol on that one? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm losing it right now because it literally just started trading. But just look up Fisker Automotive and you'll get the symbol. Yeah. Um, they have a, about a $3 billion market cap wow. with about a billion in cash coming out of the gate. Oh my God. Um, it's around 10 bucks, 10, 30, 10, 50 a share. You know, I mean, he's going to have his first, uh, prototype. He's already got it out actually, but he thinks it's going to be possibly produced as early as mid next year. So $40,000 car, I think it's an SUV, uh, electric SUV, very high tech. Um, it's, there's one that's a new name. People might want to take a look at anyway, because it's definitely a trend. Dave Bannister, another uh, another exclusive special sauce pick <laughs> from Dave Bannister. Very good. Uh, so, so we're getting towards the end of the podcast. We appreciate you being here, and I know we could stay here forever and talk shop and stocks and everything else, fantasy football. I know we both don't want to talk fantasy football because <laughs> it's not working out for either of us. Good it's thing we here. have day jobs. Uh, yeah. and <laughs> good thing we're not ESPN analysts. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. But uh, um, so. Usually at this point, I, I, I give you a chance to pimp your biz. Tell us again what the websites are. They, they can reach you, where they can find you. I know you're huge. Actually, we didn't mention this last time on StockTwits. You have a ginormous yep. following on StockTwits. And StockTwits.com, if you're not familiar, for my That's audience right. out there, you get a lot of great ideas from Dave Bannister and his colleagues. So Yeah, uh, they can actually go to StockTwits.com. It's kind of like Twitter for traders, but a little bit more, uh, you know, higher end than that. There's charting and lots of neat things. And you can, let's say that you wanted to follow Fisker Automotive. So you go to stockwoods.com, you find the Fisker Automotive uh, thread, if you will, and you can just get on there and participate, or you can read conversations and that type of thing. So I'm on there as at stock reversals. That's the, my name on StockTwits. I have 62,000 followers and I run two premium rooms as well. So I get paid to run uh, two trading rooms on StockTwits that people can join if they wish. But I also put out ideas all the time, like almost daily, uh, just because I'm in that community. But people can find me at themarketanalysts.com. And on that site, it's very basic, but it does list out the different services you can subscribe to should you want to get a little more active with your trading uh, and have someone looking over your shoulder and keeping you on track and keeping you from making the big mistakes. You know, it's pretty much what I do. That's it. I really want to end this fast so I could go look up Fisker and get on it. <laughs> well, it's one pick. No, it could be wrong, but if it's right, you know, I'm right about it. <laughs> Joe's like, don't forget about TF, TFFP, okay? TFFP. But uh, yeah. here's here's one other thing. Uh, I want to just 
tell everyone to remind everyone this podcast and other goodies like it. And we still have some of Bannister's content from the past. We had another uh, uh, stock market. Actually, it's still very fresh. I played it the other day and uh, we did another little corner. We created a little corner called Bannister's Best. We're going to add that online. So go to our website too, uh, which is specialsaucepodcast.com. And uh, you'll get all of Bannister's best and goodies. By the way, I, I got a funny one for you. We, I went on to uh, iTunes and I'm like looking for our podcast just to see that everything's kosher and on there because we're on Amazon. We're on their competitor now too. Actually, we're one of the featured ones in the entrepreneur space on the Amazon uh, Audible podcast area. Uh, but nice. I went on there and there's another special sauce podcast. But this guy is the Special Sauce Podcast podcast, okay? So he found a way to get around the system. And uh, just for shits and giggles, I got to tell you to go look at what this guy has. I mean, it is it's it is totally opposite what we are, but that's okay. You know, there's room for everybody, you know? but That's right. So it is what it is. All right, my man, thank you for coming on. And uh, good luck on your fantasy football this week, and I think you'll need it. With the I injuries. Be, a lot of people aren't buying injuries, man. You, you got like the hospital ward, uh, Michael Thomas. Someday Michael Thomas. You'll, you'll see him back in your lineup. I, you wasted <laughs> a first pick on him. I, I could have smacked you. That's yep. why you got to do those drafts in person, you know, so I could kick you under the table. That's what my mother used to do to my father, kick her under the, under the table. Don't <laughs> right? do that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it is yeah. what it is. We all live and learn. Next year, there's always next year. So there's Very always good. But uh, anyways, uh, thank you again, Dave, for being on the show. I appreciate you coming on Absolutely. and giving everybody some information. Great to be here, guys. Dave Bannister of the marketanalysts.com. All right, my man. Here at Special Software, thankful as always to have our very special guest and friend of the show, Dave Bannister from the Market Analyst Group. To listen to previous episodes or to follow Dave Bannister, don't forget to check out SpecialSaucePodcast.com. And remember to stay on the sauce. You like the sauce? The sauce is good, eh?